Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Teresa Retzloff, and joining me today is a woman that many of you may be familiar with through her work as a reporter for the historian, Katie Frankowitz. Hello. Hi, welcome, Katie. Um, I've been curious to talk to Katie for a while now. I've known her for quite a long time, and she and her husband, Michael, and their young daughter, um, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, moved to a new older home in Astoria. Um, it's not a new house. I would say it's a new, new house, but it's not new. It's an older home uh, with an established, but um, I would kind of kindly say neglected garden. Landscaping more than a garden, honestly. Yes, yeah. and um, this was your second home as, I mean, you, I mean, not your, it's your second home. I've only had two homes. <laughs> no, but like as, as an adult, as an independent adult, you had a garden, you, you guys had a home on the south slope of area of Astoria prior to this. And I would say that was your first garden, right? I mean, where yeah. you really kind of planned it and established it and tried a bunch of things. And you were really learning at that point. Mm -hmm. Did you, you didn't, did you grow up gardening? Much? Yeah, we, we'd always had a garden when I was a kid. And we always failed to grow spinach. It was like this long <laughs> mythical thing, of our failure to grow spinach. But yeah, we always had a garden with a mix of really basic flowers and then a lot of vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, and it was always, it was very Midwestern. Like it was just like a plot, right? And everything's flat. There's no raised beds anywhere <laughs> in sight. Um, and like way too many zucchini plants every year. Mm -hmm. And where was this? So that was in like Willamette Valley okay. area primarily. So you were used to that kind of growing climate? Yeah, and like and... the ability to grow corn. Yeah, 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 challenging, challenging out here. Basically impossible. <laughs> so what, when you approached your first garden, I, this, this is something that uh, a lot of people talk to me about, you know, garden challenges and things that they have. And I feel like it's so fascinating when you have had a garden on your own and you've tried a bunch of things and then you move to a new garden. What lessons do you bring forwards with you? You know, you, now you've got a new, a, a clean slate in some ways. You're starting over again. What did you learn in your first garden that you're, you've brought into this new one? Well, I definitely would not call myself a gardener still. Like I'm, I'm very much learning everything. With the first garden, it was when I was actually out at your farm quite a bit. And so I, I was bringing over some things, like a lot of really great knowledge that you gave me, but not applied in the <laughs> correct way for a much smaller scale operation. I think I had like 20 tomato starts going, and I, like, where am I gonna plant those? I'm only gonna plant two of them. But I was kind of in that. That is a real common <laughs> problem that people have. And you, if you started them from seed, it's I mean, like, really hard you to- You named them, you've welcomed them into your family, they've slept in your bed, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's really hard to kill 18 of them. Right, and, and so there was some aspects of that first garden and um, where one, I was not totally sure what I wanted to do, like I wanted to do all these starts, but then I didn't really have places to put them and I didn't know how to think about where to put them with, and mixed in with other plants. Uh, my partner is really handy and had built these sort of raised beds to function as a fence around our little backyard, but I hadn't really had the knowledge about what I need to even like inform his design of those, so they ended up being way too big to conveniently work at. Um, they looked nice, but it was really hard for me to, to actually garden in them, especially then when I was pregnant while we were there. It was like... <laughs> hard to lean over. Very cumbersome. <laughs> so in this new house, we had this landscaping on the side. It was like some weird water feature and a bunch of grasses and things like that. Like it wasn't a useful space. And so I just tore everything out. And so then I was like, oh, hey, I've got all these extra <laughs> pavers sitting around from this weird landscaping. It's, it's like very much a blank slate. And so... 
I had an idea of, of what I could work with. And so when we built boxes this time around, um, you know, it was something that I knew I could use and how I would use it. I made a little keyhole garden, which I'd never, I'd, I'd heard about and read about, um, but we just hadn't really created that the last place. And because we had so much more limited space here, it seemed like a good fit. And I just, I guess I came into it knowing sort of the infrastructure that I needed and that like to set me up for whatever may or may not grow in it eventually. Like I knew that I could at least get the base kind of where I needed it and then build on things over the years. I had a better sense of what we actually ate when I successfully grew things. Um, that can be a real challenge for yeah. people. You know, you grow so much of something. Like, you know, if you put in five zucchini plants, uh, probably too much. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe just one. Mm -hmm. Maybe one every other year. You know? right. Share it with a neighbor. Right. Or even that, I think, like, I think of it as like a classic mistake for myself, which is like all the radishes, all at once, <laughs> all the lettuce, all at once, and not thinking about how quickly those things grow, how early I can harvest them and where I can sort of be staging them. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, not saying I succeeded, but I went into this new space with a better understanding of that. Um, yeah, I can see that, that being that? a kind of challenge. Um, I want to just also interject if um, some of you are hearing uh, construction noises in the background, this is the very handy partner building something outside or inside, I'm not sure, but there is some, totally some sure saw noises going on and we'll just leave those as rustic atmosphere because <laughs> it's part of, you know, a, an emerging home, you're changing it, you're adapting it to your needs. And I think that's a really fun thing about moving into a new place. Um, there's always limitations of like, where does the sun come? Do you feel like you have good sunshine here? Or? Well, and that was one of the questions I had going into it. And again, a really fun part of doing this, I had, I don't feel like I succeeded really in making a garden at the old house. Like it, it did things. It was a it was garden. fun and it looked nice sometimes. And it was a garden, but you know, I, I feel like it was just sort of this, it was a starting place. And even though I still feel very much like I'm learning everything, I could kind of go into this without some of the other questions that I had had when I first started, because I, I knew what I could grow, more or less. I knew what I was interested in growing, what we would use. And then it was just sort of like, okay, yeah, we have this house. It gets decent sun in some places, but like, we'll just plant things and see. And I, I feel like I let go of a lot of the feeling like I needed to know everything in a way that I think that came from the knowledge that I got for trying to do everything perfectly. And so I let go of a lot of goals that I thought I could accomplish because I knew I couldn't accomplish them. And so I just let them go. And it was just like, okay, well, let's experiment with, you know, this limited light that happens in the main garden area. Is it enough for these things to grow? And if not, cool, like it's fine. I haven't put this like huge personal investment in the same way that I had with the other garden. It was just very much about like, let's see what happens in this space. And if it happens, awesome. And if it doesn't, and that's okay. It, it seems like we did have enough light for that time of year. I'm going to be trying a winter garden in one of the beds, and I'm not as sure that we'll have enough light um, going into to the winter for that to be okay. But but this we'll is still your first season really yeah. doing this, and so there's time, you know, assuming you're not going to move next year again. I hope not. <laughs> in this market. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, I think that's also something where we, we often rush into things or feel like we have to get it all done right now. And, I mean, a garden is something that's going to unfold over your lifetime, you know, in, in that garden, in that house. And I know that's a mistake that I've made a lot in approaching my farm in the early years. You know, I was in such a hurry to get so many things done and established 
that I really rushed into getting some things laid out in a way that then in retrospect I had to go back and fix them mm -hmm. because I was in such a hurry to have them in the first place. And I think that being more thoughtful and, and allowing things to emerge, you know, it gives you the time to think about these things. And it, do you feel like your approach to even what you want to have there, I mean, it's coming closer and closer to what you even enjoy mm -hmm. growing in a lot of ways. Yeah, because I think, you know, again, when you have a whole palette of things that you could grow, and often feel like you should grow, and then you try growing them and you're like, yeah, I don't really, maybe I don't mm -hmm. really like that, you know, or maybe that's too much work. Um, maybe I really enjoy that vegetable, but it's just too much work to grow it. Or I love this flower, but it always gets eaten by bugs. And you don't learn that until you've been doing it for a while and you realize, yeah, that plant is just not worth the effort. But this one really is. And sometimes there's those wonderful discoveries that you make mm -hmm. that you just find out because you tried it and, and, and letting go a little bit of what you think something should be, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to grow a bean teepee because I've seen all my really good gardener friends do it. And I'm like, how hard can it be? It's beans, like grow a teepee. And it's like, you know what, maybe I don't need that in my life. <laughs> you know, and it could happen. Sometimes they, things fail for all different kinds of reasons. I mean, the other thing that's hard too, when you move into a new home, and um, especially if it's been somewhat neglected, you're probably starting with soil that's not in very great shape. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what kind of soil you have here. Is it kind of the typical Astoria clay? I, you know, I don't, it's different. It's different than the soil we had at the old house because it's higher up the hill. And so I think there's a bit, I'm pretty sure we just had river fill in, mm -hmm. in our yard. Um, so this soil isn't as clayey. And also I think when they did the landscaping, they laid down a lot of soil. Like many things with this house, I don't think it was good quality and the work was sort of shoddily done. Um, but then, there, you know, there's shrubs that have just been sitting in there for several years um, mm -hmm. and we pulled all of those out. So the soil is not the best, but we grew, we actually had pretty good success. We had these front bed areas that were all landscaped out that we just ripped everything out of and we grew garlic in one area, which was a little bit of a mistake. But it came up. We and harvested. this is how we learn. It's great. <laughs> and I have other things that have started in there now, and they I feel like they didn't need nearly as much tending as I expected. Why? I don't know. Magic. Well, and this is how we learn. I think this is what's so interesting about gardens and starting over. And there was something you said earlier that I'm really curious about because you described your old garden at your old home as like it wasn't really a garden. And so I'm curious, what is a garden to you? I mean, when you think about a garden, what is that? Is it like an aesthetic thing? Is it that it's reached a certain level of perfection? I mean, that was just, a, I'm, I'm curious, that was an interesting mm. thing to say, because I would have said completely that you had a garden there. So what is a garden to you? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I do feel what I was, what I was referring to there was a certain amount of intentionality, um, I had a vision for this space and I executed it. And that's not really what happened. I sort of haphazardly planted things and then replanted them. And then it was all over the place. And I was trying, I was maybe aiming a little higher than my knowledge had reached. So I was trying to do like soil stuff that I, I didn't even bother getting my soil tested to begin with, so I didn't really know what I was working with. I have no basic knowledge of soil composition <laughs> at all. And so there were things that I was doing where I was just frustrating myself. And so it never felt like a garden where you kind of set the stage and things happen somewhat within your plan, somewhat without them, but then you have the knowledge to observe what's happening and describe it to yourself and adjust accordingly. I, I, I just threw things in the ground, essentially. Um, and I was definitely learning along the way, so I think 
it was useful in that regard. But I guess when I think of a garden, I think of I think of it more as like knowledge. I don't know. Like when I see something like Jessica Schleif has done or that you have done, um, or Anna Weber, she has you know has done beautiful gardens in the past that I've seen at her house where there's kind of this basic understanding and when things kind of go in places you don't expect you can work with it or push back against it and and turn it into something that works for you and I, I have not reached that level myself but that's what I aspire to. I think that just comes with time and practice mm -hmm. and a lot of mistakes. Um, I still think about the very first garden that I ever started like the first time that my family owned a home where I could just absolutely tear things out and start a garden and it wasn't until I was in university I was living in a home that my parents had moved overseas and I was my sisters and I were living in this house where we went to university and no one else was interested in taking care of this garden and I just threw a bunch of things in had no idea about soils it's just this hard clay terribleness and for some reason the first vegetable I really tried growing were Brussels sprouts hmm. just I don't know why I always have really loved them and it was a complete failure I don't know why I started with them it, and it just it was a lot of like I don't know I just go to the nursery and buy a whole bunch of things and stick them in the ground and then watch them die and I think slowly you start to learn you read a book or you get some knowledge and you talk to a friend and and then gradually that knowledge just becomes part of what you're doing so that when you're planning things out, you have more of a sense of like, you could be pretty sure like if I do this, it's probably going to go like this. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there'll be some surprises, but I can yeah. be pretty sure that this is going to happen this way. That makes me think of, of something with this garden, what that one of my goals, and I actually went into this garden with lower expectations, but some really concrete desires out of it. And I achieved one of them, which is I wanted to have a lot of flowers because one of my greatest enjoyments of growing anything is having like being able to go out and make a bouquet and have flowers available and so I tried out a bunch of flowers that I've never grown before and what I've always wanted and always admired in really good gardens is as things die down other things are coming up and there's always something blooming and I achieved that super haphazardly <laughs> not across the board but like every month I, I had you know things coming up and blooming and things going back down and I'm pretty, like, that felt solid. And That's huge. And I had a lot of, um, like, pollinator, happy I'm saying that the wrong way. No, pollinator habitat. Or pollinator, pollinator habitat type flowers going. And so there was just a bunch of bees everywhere. And I, I don't know, that felt pretty That's good. That's got to be really satisfying. What were some of your, your favorite flower discoveries this year? Bees friend. Yes. That's a crazy plant. And but I planted it all really along. Philly, um, it's like a PH. I'm embarrassed that I don't know the, the, its proper name. It's got a it's got a Latin name. Oh, Latin. I know, I know. Yep, I'm just gonna up front here. Bees no, friend, look it up. It's were the a Romans beautiful... that great? I don't... Do we need their language? <laughs> I don't know. I am totally happy to not speak plant Latin because it just intimidates me. But um, look it up, bees friend. It's an amazing flower, and and bees and it's love very it. ferny. So I did it all wrong. I mean, I had a successful batch of it, but I. <laughs> didn't bother to look it up before I planted it. I was like, well, bees friend, that sounds good. Planted it in a in a box really close to a bunch of other flowers. Turns out bees friend is like a fern mm -hmm. and it's really big and expands and takes over places. Yeah. And yeah, I, mean, I had asters that came up and were like, I have no sun and only grew to be two inches tall. Still bloomed, but you know. Hey, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. Uh, sometimes plants really surprise you in what they do if you've never grown it before. And even if you've seen pictures, 
it's not the same as seeing it in reality and seeing like, oh, that actually gets really big or that's kind of spindly. And I thought it would, you know, I didn't realize it was going to fall over so easily. Mm -hmm. Maybe I would grow it next to a support thing. It's kind of exciting too, though. Yeah, I know. It, it was, especially that plant, it was just so, it's a satisfying plant to see come up and sort of unfurl itself. Like that, um, that mustard green, is it Tatasi? Is that? Tatsoi? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, good job, Katie. <laughs> Tatsoi, where it, it's, it's like it, it's like it blooms, right, as it grows, and it's mm -hmm. just so beautiful and satisfying to watch. And also eat. And, yeah, <laughs> to eat. Indeed. So did you feel like you got a good mix of edibles and flowers, or were your edibles more challenging? No, I actually had a really great batch of vegetables, not, you know, as, as uniform as I would like, or as often I have to try to figure out how I do kind of rotation planting and because we do have a much smaller area and it feels weird to leave one of my boxes kind of open for long periods of time when it is such a constrained area but we had a really great crop of greens um, a lot of good carrots I had maybe the best beets I've ever grown that's and exciting. That, like I couldn't even get them to grow the last year we were at the old house for whatever reason um, yeah so I I think we got a lot of, of things that we like to grow in a garden because it always feels so weird to go back to buying greens after you've grown them in a garden. Very challenging. So I was very happy with, with how much we got. And I did you know multiple cuttings on a lot of those plants and they came up really good. I did want to bring up, so you have a young child. She, is she, she's not quite two. She yet. just turned she two. She just turned two. So uh, gardening with young children. Is impossible. <laughs> um, what are you, what's, your, what's your approach? Maybe if you have a child that is eager to please you and docile, you can do it, or if you're just a chiller person than I am, I'm not very chill. Um, what did we do? Is she curious about the garden? Does she like yes. to be out in it? Blew her mind the first time I pulled a carrot out of the ground, which was really satisfying to watch. Um, <laughs> did, but then did she want to pull all of them out? No. That's good. I think it was still mysterious enough. She's like, you did it once, amazing. <laughs> but we have had a recently where we, we fenced in the garden area, it's sort of raised up above the road and then there's this yard. So it was the issue at first was she's toddling around. We had no fencing of any kind around, so we had to constantly watch to make sure she didn't take a header off the retaining wall. And so that guarding was a little tricky um, and not very focused. And now that we do have just like kind of a basic wire fencing up, um, she does like to just hang out in there and she brings down her toys. And the issue we're having right now is with our cherry tomato plants. She likes to pick them and she generally knows which ones are ripe but she will take a bite out of every single one as she puts it into the bowl and then like throw the rest on the ground. <laughs> so there's a lot of really hard, that etiquette of like you take one bite and then you put it back or you throw it on the ground and then you pick another one. Let's not even talk what she's done to your strawberry patch. <laughs> not even talk she, I, she has come and visited my <laughs> strawberry patch and it's been pretty, like teaching her like the strawberry etiquette is, I mean, it's an ongoing lesson. She, she worships the strawberry God for uh -huh. sure. Um, I don't know. I, I am still figuring that one out. She did help me do a lot of plant starts. She was really good at planting like peas and beans. The seeds? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. They're, you know, they're big enough. She's mm -hmm. not interested in putting them in her mouth. She could kind of understand what I was doing. So she did a lot of that with me when I tried to do starts. That's exciting. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that was did fun. She, did she get, do you think she got the relationship between, and then a plant came up? Oh, probably not. Yeah. I mean, she still Two. calls me data sometimes, and I'm <laughs> definitely not her dad. <laughs> She's just being you know, exploratory. <laughs> no, I don't. I think she did. I tried to tell her about the baby plants and how we don't kill them. And she mostly thought that was funny and then proceeded to like pull them out of the ground. 
But they're definitely like in the last four months, we've we've seemed to have hit a turning point and she seems to understand. It is challenging though. And I'm, I, again, like if I were a chiller person, I could probably find a way around it. Mostly we've succeeded when I just let her sit in the dirt and dig around in it while I did whatever I needed to do. That does just seem like a, a, a challenging problem. That problem isn't the right word. I mean, you want kids to be engaged in a garden. You know, it's such a great thing for them to learn about and be out in nature and understand how things grow, but they can be such destructive little monsters sometimes. Worse than chickens. <laughs> and, um, and then how do you get them to, you know, not just pick everything and put it in their mouth? Right. Where some things that's okay, but other things maybe not. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I, can't, I have no advice there. We just gave her other things to do in the garden if mm -hmm. she couldn't seem to focus and help us out. And most of the time I just gardened while she napped or if she was off with her dad somewhere, I would get some gardening in. So that's every year this is the issue with my garden is I start out really strong in the spring because it's very exciting to get a bunch of seeds. And then it's trying to figure out how I maintain that through the year because it starts to fall apart. <laughs> so you've been in this house for what a little over a year mm -hmm. now. Um, is there anything that surprised you? Was there anything that came up that you didn't know was here or any like positive surprises or was it just kind of, oh my goodness, I want to get rid of everything? Um, there was nothing good that came up. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It was, it was just shrubbed out. There were just shrubs everywhere and grasses everywhere and but when we got our topsoil, I think we got it. What's the place down in Gearheart? Oh, I forget. Something wind. Mm -hmm. Anyway, oh, we you got, got some. You got some stuff. We got delivered. stuff from them, and there were there were seeds in there. There was a little lupin plant that came along for a ride, and it sprawled out everywhere. I didn't even know lupin could grow this way. It looks like a strawberry bush. It's just like sprawling everywhere. Sprawling. So that's that was fun. I kept that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice gift to have come in on your compost. Yeah. I, I mean, crocosia, is that right? The Crocosmia? Oh, man. Yeah, crocosmia, whatever. Is it the Those, orange flowered one? Yeah, yeah. And Ooh, that goes everywhere? People told me I couldn't get rid of it, but... Did you? Not entirely, but, but I, I want to say I'm close. But you've worn it down. Yeah, there's maybe five little guys poking their heads up right now, and that, is that was down from an entire one. lot. Mm, that is a tough we'll one if you have not encountered crocosmia. There's a beautiful one that has um, like red flowers. It's a variety called Lucifer, which mm. is much easier to control. I know it's it's much easier to control. Very beautiful, but there is an, a smaller, a shorter orange flowered crocosmia. It, uh, it's like these kind of spiky green stems. They come yep. from these little corms. Yep. And it doesn't take much. It spreads everywhere. Yeah. It is a bit of a monster. And I'm impressed if you were able to get rid of it because, poof. Well, and we, we were idiots. Pulled it all out of this one area and then planted garlic there. So I'm working around these shoots that are coming up that look more or less the same. Oh. A little, you know, different enough that I could figure it out. But then it's like you're just doing all this fiddly little digging and cursed Mike's name a little bit because it was his plan. <laughs> <laughs> but we got through it. And that's good. And, uh, you know, this is, again, how we learn these things. <laughs> Garlic emerging and crocosmia, very similar. Don't cross those two. But if you need, if you ever need me to come and consult and say, yes, that's garlic. Yes, that's crocosmia. I, I am here for you. That is your professional skill now. It is my gift to the world now. It's, you know, some, sometimes those things, you know, and, and they were plants that were seen as like, oh, this will just take over an area. This is so great as a landscaping plant. And um, so you see a lot of those things in older gardens all mm. up and down the coast. And I think a lot of times people kind of curse the previous owner and feel like, oh, why did you let this go crazy? That, whoever planted the morning glory mm. as well. I curse their name. I really do. That yeah, is... so we have 
Morning Glory, Laurel, and Crocosmia on this property. Laurel, wow, and Morning Glory. Yeah, those are, those are tricky challenges. Um, and I think it's just wearing them down mm -hmm. over time. You just got to keep... Make them rue the day. Be persistent, and, which is hard when you have a busy life and a toddler. But it's a nice excuse. Like, mm -hmm. I would have an amazing garden, but for this <laughs> laurel bush. Always good to have an out. Um, <laughs> so what are you hoping for for next year? I mean, thinking about, okay, now you've had a year here. You've learned a lot of stuff. You know, where are you going with this garden? Well, I definitely... Which is a garden, I think. <laughs> I think it's a garden. It's okay. absolutely a garden. Well, bless your name. Nope. Um, I set up a lot of areas, especially in our front area, with things that are going to just be there. So I plant. I knew where I wanted to plant my lavender. Um, I have some dahlias going different spots. So there's sort of, I established kind of, I, anchor areas sounds way too thought out. I established areas where I know I'm not going to have to worry about what's coming up there because I knew what I wanted there and I have it sort of timed out so that there's going to be things in the spring and things in the summer. So more I feel like I just want to dial down the garden area and really think through how I use that space so that I have a good cycle of, of veg coming in. And then there were a couple flowers that I tried out this year that weren't as successful, but I think it was my, on my end, it wasn't the seeds, it wasn't the plants themselves. So I want to try to do those again. Uh, what kind of, what kind of flowers? Um, mostly asters. I feel so bad. <laughs> they were just so asters so can be lovely, out. but also challenging. But yeah, they're so pretty. They are. Um, and then I started like a half wall of sweet peas. It was like my best sweet pea crop ever. And so I want to do an entire wall of them next year. Sweet peas are very satisfying mm -hmm. in this area. Very, very satisfying. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then also to block out any judgmental views from the side of my house. <laughs> Do you get judgmental views? No, I just have these really lovely older ladies in my neighborhood who walk by and comment on whatever you're doing. And they mean it in a friendly way, but then I'm like, I, I feel like I have to impress them. That is a challenge in town um, because everyone sees each other's gardens, mm -hmm. you know, especially the stuff that's out in front and visible to everything. And although I find mostly people are, are kind. Oh, no, they're and... totally kind. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I want them to be proud of me, like I'm their child. <laughs> I'm sure they are proud of you. I'm sure they're seeing you transform this shrubbery garden into something. That has been gratifying. Cool and like amazing. just us doing anything to this house seems to have delighted people around here. So I'm. I don't think it had been shown love recently, and we are haphazardly trying to show it some love. That is really wonderful. I think anybody who lives in a neighborhood where there's that one house that's been a little bit run down and neglected. And then you see some move in and start to, you know, make attempts to fix it up and do various things and brighten the garden. And it's exciting and transformative and lovely. And, you know, hopefully they're not, you know, ripping out a, a cherished tree that the whole neighborhood has gone to harvest no, don't do that in apples from. You know, I know that's, that can cause controversy with your neighbors. But um, but it, I think it's lovely to see gardens and, and to see how a new gardener um you know, reflects their own style and taste. That's a thing too, if you move into a home where there is a fairly established garden, you can feel sometimes intimidated about changing things. Mm -hmm. But that was not your problem. That's not my problem now. <laughs> well, I'm excited that you're um, finding so much pleasure in this. And um, I would definitely, I do not think of you as a beginning gardener anymore. I think you are solidly a gardener. Mm. Um, you've got a lot of experience under your belt. Does and, it come with a certificate? Um, Do I get an award? <laughs> maybe we can make badges. Um, I, you know, you're now officially a gardener, not a okay. beginning gardener. And uh, 
and just keep going with it. I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, Hopefully your winter greens will grow well and uh, many more flowers for next year. Teresa, you're, I mean, you're the main reason that I got into gardening. Don't on my blame own. me. You've I do not want so that responsibility. Listeners, <laughs> Teresa. If you're just joining me, um, or if you've been listening, I've been talking to Katie Frankowitz, uh, Astorian reporter, but also avid gardener um, here in Astoria. Thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate it. It's been thank fun to you. talk to you. <laughs> Always love talking to you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And thank you everyone for joining us uh, for this week's in season. Thanks. Thank you.